I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, Unhappy Hour listener. In order to support our show, we'll need the help of some great advertisers. And in order to find those great advertisers, we'll need to learn a little bit more about your beautiful selves. So please go to podsurvey.com slash unhappy and take a quick anonymous survey that'll help us get to know you a little better. That way we can show advertisers just how great our listeners are. Plus, once you've completed the survey, you can enter to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash unhappy. P-O-D survey.com slash unhappy. Thanks for your help. Now let's start the show. Welcome back to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. You know why I'm especially happy to be back? Because you get to stare into my eyes as I sweatily talk my way through this podcast. You know, that is always a pleasure, but also because it's Pride Month. Duh, you fucking idiot. Of course (laughs) it is. Happy Pride Month, everyone. The time of year where you legally must bow down to me every time you greet me. That's the law. It's the one month where you're not allowed to have a favorite color that isn't rainbow color. The 30 days where straight people are canceled. Just kidding. (laughs) That's every day. And because it'll be a literal sin otherwise, we're celebrating Pride Month here on Unhappy Hour. Shout out to all our lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer, intersex, asexual, gender, non-binary listeners out there. You're all welcome. We are honored to collectively, cathartically complain on your behalf every single week, but especially this week. We're going to kick things off with horse things first, where I give you the worst news of the week. After that, in honor of Father's Day, which was this past weekend, we're diving deep into dads, especially terrible dads. Maybe your dad made the list. Stay tuned. You'll find out. And finally, we got an interview in a game with Raymond Braun. Raymond is a TV host, LGBTQ advocate, and so much more. We're going to talk about pride and get him to complain about really important subjects, like ranch dressing. Because we're going for a motherfucking glad award, damn it. I'm a gay icon, and I will be recognized as such! Before we get started, Unhappy Hour is having our very first live show on the road at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. We're going to be at the Trocadero Theater July 1st in Philadelphia. Get your tickets on mattbellasai.com slash tour or just fucking Google it. So let's go. Let's do this. Let's get into it. Let's start the show. 
first things first, let's scream about some fucked up news. First! All right, let's start off with a, a doozy right away. All right. Just a big old doozy. In June 2017, last year, police found a man's body in a river in eastern Tokyo, dead. Dead as a doorknob, as they say. Doornail? What the hell is a doornail? What the fuck is a doornail? (laughs) Anyway, they found a corpse in a river. And then this woman who reported her husband missing was called in to identify the body. And she and two other relatives were like, yep, that's him. We're so sad. And they gave her the body. And then she had it cremated. And they Mm -hmm. had like a funeral. Mm -hmm. Then, earlier this month, she called up the police and was like, just FYI, my husband just walked in the door. (laughs) So I don't know who the fuck that was. (laughs) Did he have a twin? No. So she identified a man as her husband who had died, cremated the body, And then her husband, a year later, comes walking in the door. And the police won't say where he was. There is something they're not telling us. It's very confusing. This is some Gone Girl shit that is way above my head. That's why, you know, you ever, like, watch movies like Gone Girl and you're like, who the fuck thinks of shit like this? This would never happen. And then you read a story like this and it's real. Speaking of which, I'm glad Neil Patrick Harris died in that movie. Because fuck him. Next! This is just a short little piece. A woman in Texas was angry because these new palm trees were planted outside of her house. Sounds lovely. And it blocked her view of the Corpus Christi Bay. And also, she said it brought more bugs and rodents to the neighborhood. So, you know, she would, she did? What'd she do? She went to the Corpus Christi Council meeting with a just a plastic bag full of dead cockroaches. Oh, cute. <laughs> and she just gave it right over and she was like, fuck you, people. I don't know if she actually said that, but good for her. Um, Hero? It does, no, because you know what she had to do? She had to collect a bunch of dead cockroaches in a bag <laughs> and then carry them around. It's passion. And then put them in her car, drive to a city council meeting, wait her turn, do you think just she named sitting them? next to a bag of dead cockroaches. Oh. I hope she did. She had plenty of time. <laughs> My mom once collected a, a shoebox full of rabbit babies. <gasps> you know how sometimes a dog will like get near a rabbit's nest and then the rabbit smells the dog and it's like oh I got I can't come back to this nest anymore and it just abandons all of its babies yeah and so my mom felt guilty and then collected them all in a shoebox and drove them to like animal welfare or something and they were like we don't fucking take rabbit babies so (laughs) you can have these back already so many did you keep them is that why your mom has like 18 rabbits now yeah I had to move into my brother's room (laughs) no she threw them out the window oh my god (laughs) I think she did, like, pull over and just let them free in, like, a forest. So they all probably died. (laughs) Anyway, next. Um, Officials in Boise, Idaho, want you to know that a kid does have the bubonic plague, (laughs) for real. Uh, But he's getting better. Don't you worry. Yeah, the plague is back, motherfuckers. I feel like there's a story like this, like, once a month. Where it's like, don't panic, but the Black Death is back. Because this little motherfucker got bit by a flea. Just put a fucking flea collar around your child before taking it in public, dumbass. According to health officials, plague in humans is rare. 
but it's usually spread through a bite from an infected flea. So yeah, spray your goddamn children. Mm-hmm. They also give the symptoms of the plague, which are um, sudden onset of fever, chills, headache, or weakness. So I'm pretty sure I have the yeah, plague. Yeah, that sounds like your <laughs> symptoms of everyday life. It's the most generic symptoms ever. Guess what? If you have a headache, might be the bubonic plague. So, Probably. Uh, just be careful because you might wipe out like entire populations in Europe. But then, the Renaissance. So... Next, a woman named Caitlin Strom was at a music festival in Minnesota a couple weeks ago, just having fun, living her life. And I'll just let her quote speak for itself. Quote, we were all just having fun, and I saw this big exhaust pipe, and I was like, hey, my head could probably fit in that. (laughs) So I tried it. It did fit, but it didn't want to come back out. And guess what? She spent an estimated 45 minutes inside the pipe. (laughs) (laughs) You dumbass. Honestly, how terrible are music festivals in Minnesota that you're like, you know what would be fun right now if I stuck my head in an exhaust pipe? I would argue that every music festival would be better if you did that. (laughs) No music festival is fun. I would rather stick my head in an exhaust pipe than go to just 45 minutes of a music festival. Also, the sounds in there are probably better than most right? of the, the music. Right, the acoustics must be great. Firefighters had to rescue her with a power saw. Don't really know how that worked, <laughs> considering it was her head in a, an exhaust pipe. Also, how fucking big was this exhaust pipe? What kind of like tank are you riding into a music festival how with? How tiny is her head? Also, she was underage, and so when when she became unstuck, they were like, "You have to leave now because you're wasted and a teenager." <laughs> So just fucked all around. But anyway, good for her. Finally, in other stuck news, a couple was having an affair (gasps) in a Kenyan hotel room and they became stuck together. (laughs) How? How? Unclear. But the man's wife, who suspected him of cheating on her, went to a witch doctor And said that the witch doctor helped set up a trap to catch him. I am so confused by this story. The more I read about it, the more confused I get. Basically, this woman was like, I think my husband is cheating on me with his landlady. The wife, apparently, she told police that every time her husband had business engagements, the landlady was also gone. Mm. So she she was like, so I, I better go to the witch doctor who helped set up a trap that led to this dramatic scene. I've read like two separate stories about this, and both of them just keep using the word stuck in quotes, but they mm-hmm. don't explain <laughs> it. And I'm so confused. What are your theories? How does sex work? Here's my theory. The wife gave the witch doctor their bottle of lube, and she switched it out for hot glue. Have you ever used a hot glue gun before? (laughs) Only as lube, so I have a lot of experience with this. Because that shit dries immediately. Okay. Also, it it burns. I highly suggest you don't use it on your genitals. Too late. I would say the best guess, yeah, she probably like swapped it out for super glue or something. I don't know. There's no end to the story. I feel very uninformed. I'm just very confused. The ending of the story is that I guess they got carried out of the hotel room, still stuck together and placed in the back of a car. And then it says a surging crowd forced the police to fire a gun in the air 
as they relocated the couple to a secret location where the witch doctor separated them. <laughs> what? <laughs> so only the witch doctor had the secret to unlock them. This is a beautiful, beautiful movie. Our next Disney movie. Yeah. Stuck together mid-coitus. All right. I have more questions than answers at this point, but that's all we have. Maybe we'll have an update in the future when this happens inevitably again. Perhaps closer to home. You better be careful, straights. That's the lesson. Happy Pride Month. If you have straight sex, you'll get stuck together. So... Have fun with that. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next up is the worst dads in history. Honestly, it might make you feel better about your own dad because chances are he's not as bad as these guys. And if he is, that sucks for you. Let's do it. Dads. Daddies. Zaddies. Hot dads. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. For this week's deep dive, in honor of Father's Day, we're diving deep into dads, specifically the worst dads in history of all time. Because let's face it, some dads are truly horrible historically bad like the dad from honey i shrunk the kids (laughs) yeah he shrunk basically his entire family and they were just like oh oh dad what a kooky scientist he is with his giant shrink ray in the attic all i'm saying is unfortunately this motherfucker is not the only terrible dad in history there are plenty of them so let's get into it let's talk bad dads I think I just created a franchise. First up in our franchise, Abraham from the Bible. Heard of him? I don't even know his last name because I don't think he had one. They just called everyone by their first name because there was there was only one of everyone. He had a single son named Isaac. And one day God was like, hey, hey, Abraham, do you, you know Isaac? Your only son that you love more than anything in the world? Why don't you take him to this mountain and then fucking murder him? Then Abraham was like, all right. He just agrees immediately. I mean, like, that's chill. If a voice booming down from the sky was like Matt Belisai, you know that one. What do you love? I don't know. You're, it, you have to murder your DJ Roomba. <laughs> I would murder my Roomba. I fucking hate my Roomba. See? You're no better my than Roomba Abraham. suck my dick and it would Is not be Is that what incest. you do? Is that why it's broken? Yep. The other Bible figure that was bad, it was fucking Noah. Because you know what he did? He saved his whole family from a giant flood or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then his son accidentally sees him naked and he ban- he banishes him to like slavery for forever. He's got a lot of compensation issues. Yeah. Also, Noah was like 600 years old or some shit. Yeah. You made it 600 years and you didn't see your dad naked once <laughs> when you don't even have like bathrooms you all live outside basically and you've never seen your dad naked i should clarify i've never seen my dad naked (laughs) i don't want to normalize that type of behavior but anyway next mr wormwood from matilda because that motherfucker ran a sweatshop of an operation 
scamming people into buying lemons. And then he made his daughter run that little gun that, that zipped all the miles back so he could sell people cars that had way more miles on it than they thought. And that's why Matilda was onto his ass and she glued a hat to his head. Next, Herod the Great. Do you know who this is? Rings a bell, but not quite. He was king of Judea. Oh, right. Remember when I had a degree in Jewish studies? <laughs> yeah, and then you fucking lied. <laughs> anyway, he killed a bunch of his sons, like all most of them. There's a lot of that in the Bible. Yeah. Herod, he was so paranoid that they were going to turn against him. He accused them of high treason, and then it was like, take them to court and execute them. And they got the death penalty. And then he did that a second time. With another person. So that's fucked up. You gotta do what you gotta do. Peter the Great. This motherfucker. I don't know. He was like Prussia, King of Prussia or some fucking Mm -hmm. shit. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't even know what Prussia is. Oh, you're a Prussia with a P? It's like IHOB. Oh, oh yeah. You're trying to rebrand. So you drop the P. The P is silent now. Fucking pterodactyl ass. No. Anyway, so there's Peter the Great. He's the emperor of Prussia or whatever. He has a son named Alexei, and Alexei is like, oh, I fucking hate my dad, and he gave me a drinking problem or whatever. And then Peter was like, fuck you, Alexei. You're you're turning against me, so I'm going to fucking kill you. And he has him tortured. He has him tortured until he admits to treason and that he has him imprisoned. And while Alexei is in prison, his dad, Peter, is like... Should I have him executed or not? And he waited so long, Alexei died in prison. Damn, that's cold. Cold. He died because he got tortured from his own dad. So that's fucked up. Next, Alec Baldwin. (laughs) (laughs) Not wrong. Similarly uh, to Peter the Great, Tortured his daughter by calling her a thoughtless little pig. Next, Pope Sergius III. <sighs> I don't know. He was the Pope and also a dick. So he's a bad one. Pope was a dad? Can Pope's dad? He had two other popes murdered to death. And then he fathered an illegitimate child who later became a, a Pope himself. What? Yeah, but I, I guess he, he was... a. Hard ass. Next, Darth Vader. <laughs> Misunderstood dad, I'd he say. He cut his son's hand off. Yeah, I can't argue with that. He did. In an attempt to turn him to the dark side. Yeah. And finally, John Gosselin from John and Kate Plus Eight. Because he gave birth to eight babies and then decided to become the face of Ed Hardy. <laughs> and that's just unforgivable. His wife invented the can I talk to the manager haircut, (laughs) and he just blew that all away. Shout out to dads, especially all the ones who haven't murdered their children or, like, turned their magical daughter against them so they want to get adopted by Miss Honey. Or, like, the ones who haven't cut off their son's arm after making him live on a fucking desert his entire life. Shout out to dads. And a special shout out to all the good dads, especially the hot dads, like David Beckham. Thanks, David, for keeping it tight. Today's episode is brought to you by Floor. That's P-H-L-U-R. 
Fleur creates sustainably crafted, hypoallergenic, award-winning perfumes delivered right to your door. The only time I'm really around perfume is when I'm just walking through a department store with my mom getting attacked by aggressive fragrance spritzers. Not only is it a war zone, but there are too many smells in there for this sensitive schnoz. But thankfully, there's Fleur. Each Fleur scent is created by world-class perfumers and inspired by real moments. You get to choose your scent based on what you want, because all their scents are gender-free. So instead of getting drive-by sprayed at the mall, I simply sat on my couch, perused their fragrances, picked my top three, and awaited my beautiful box of curated samples. I especially like Sandara. And guess what? You can get your own custom box. Go to Fleur.com today and use promo code UNHAPPY to get 20% off your custom Fleur sample set. You can pick three cents to try and get credit towards a full-size bottle of your favorite. That's promo code UNHAPPY at Fleur.com to try three Fleur fragrances of your choice at 20% off. P-H-L-U-R.com. My guest complainer today is Raymond Braun. Raymond is a TV host, entrepreneur, media personality, producer, LGBTQ advocate, and commentator. Also, if you're a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, you may recognize him as America O'Hara, right? That is your technical drag name Yes, now. you can just call me America from now on, or Miss America. <laughs> uh, you're on the recent uh, social media episode yes. of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, but perhaps most importantly, you're now a guest on this show. Yes, so number one that is thing I'm putting on my bio from now on. Leading credit, guest on Unhappy Hour. Welcome, Raymond. Thank you so much. I have to say... I am feeling mixed right now because I absolutely love you and you make me happy, but I'm stressed about the idea of ranting for an hour because I try to keep things positive. <laughs> I literally wrote, I should also say this is the first time we've met, but you are a perennially positive person and I'm looking forward to making you be mad. You've got to break me down. Yeah. I think I'm going to resist at the beginning, but I think there's <laughs> a ranter hidden inside me and if anyone can get it out, it's you. Good. So we start off asking everybody, what is one thing that you hate that everybody else loves? Okay, so I'm a fan of the podcast, and I've heard this before, and I was thinking, you know, one thing that I really hate that I think a lot of people love are condiments. <laughs> like what? Ketchup, mayonnaise, so ranch like dressing. A bland burger. A I just bland hot give dog. it to me. And I that's another thing. I like my burger and my steak well done, extra crispy. I even <laughs> when I order a chicken breast, I ask for it extra dry slash crispy. And they're like, what's wrong with you? But yeah. yeah, I don't. I really, especially condiments that are kind of like white and creamy, they do not do it for me. Taste, flavor, texture, what are we talking about? Or all of the above. Well, before I really go into the rant, I have a question for you. Are you the type of person that like, you can't unsee things or when you hear something explained one way, you can never forget that. Like, for example, when my friend told me that um, feta cheese looks like toe jam, I can never eat feta cheese again. So, I mean, like, if I do that for you, are you going to be ruined on— I'm a disgusting person. Okay. With... <laughs> okay, great. So let's <laughs> Nothing, lean into it. It takes a lot. Yeah, it takes a so lot to I break So I feel like down. mayonnaise and ranch dressing look like pus, and I don't want pus on my food. Okay. So that's really <laughs> at the core of how I feel. <laughs> and then when you've got ketchup in there, I'm like, why don't you just smush a tomato and add so much sugar to it? Like, 
Like, I don't get ketchup either. Yeah, I, I mean— <laughs> Can you explain to me why everyone loves it? I don't under I don't really like to think about, like, what's in condiments. Okay. <laughs> you just like to slather them on. Right. Okay. Um. So I hear you have a diva-related icebreaker game. Oh, my gosh, yes. And now, so usually I ask the questions, but I'm going to let you oh, ask me you. your diva-related icebreaker. Okay, so I think that a wonderful way to get to know people is to ask them, who are your top five divas? Okay. And I'm not going to qualify that statement. I'm not going to explain what I mean by diva. I just want to hear, and you can rank them one through five. Beyonce, Blue Ivy, Rumi, Sir, and Solange. Wow, that was fast. Right. You've thought about this before. Miss Tina also is number close Tina, number six. Miss Tina's Instagram. <laughs> no, I that's my that's my cheat answer. I mean, Beyonce is my number one diva. I have to say that in all the polling that I've done across the country, Beyonce is the number one answer. Right. Yes. I mean, that's the correct answer. Well, we could quibble about that. What is your number one? My number one diva is Madonna. Okay, yeah. Sure. She's one of the OG. I also have like a sweet, heartwarming story about her inspiring me to come out and going to her concert when I was 16, driving four hours from my small town in Ohio. It was the first time I saw gay people in person. So, like, I have this beautiful, <laughs> like, memory and association with Madonna's Confessions on a Dance Floor. Yeah. Which is one of the best albums of all time, if you want to fight me on that. But Madonna and then Lady Gaga's is second for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. She's on my list, Then too. third, I've got to give it to Diana Ross. Yeah. Another just OG, incredible. Right. And now I'm getting into one that I think that she's one of the most underrated LGBTQ icon pop stars in the U.S., and that's Kylie Minogue. Yeah, I just yeah. Abs- I love how she radiates positivity, and I think that her songs are all so catchy and fun and hooky. Yeah. And this, I don't mean for this to sound shady, but it will, but my fifth is Britney Spears, but in the Slave for You era. <laughs> it's like when she was... When she could do the hair flip and it would send ripples across the country, that is the era of Britney that I like to remember. And that's, I think, the true pantheon of divas. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And RuPaul would be up there as well. Right, right. I feel like my controversial opinion, this isn't even controversial, it's just mean, but I'll say it, is that, like, I judge anybody who who is, like, Britney Spears is their number one diva. Okay. Well, <laughs> so you, you can, don't have to agree or say you anything. You can judge me a fifth. I, th- I can see that on the number one space, but at the same time, when Britney was at her pinnacle. Right. I mean, I was there. Yeah, yeah, I was there. And I there. think that for a lot of people our age, that was like a moment where we were coming into our own, where we were first getting a sense of, yeah, you know, maybe we were a little different from the other boys. And <laughs> right. Brittany was part of that journey for me. So you are, uh, I would say, like a gay personality on the <laughs> internet, a presence. <laughs> Thank you. As am I. I'll put myself in okay. that category, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. What would you say we're is... presences together. Right, right. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the worst assumption someone can make about you on the internet. Oh, wow. For me, I guess it's questioning your motives for why you're putting yourself out there and what you're doing. And for me, and and tell me if this is too, like, let's play the violin and get (laughs) sentimental here, but I am from a small conservative rural town in Ohio, Mm -hmm. and I didn't see any openly LGBTQ people growing up. And for me, it was that really slow AOL internet connection that gave me my first window into other gay people and our queer community. And so I felt really inspired by knowing how important that was for me in my own coming out journey that I like to do that for other people now and try to think about what are some of the things that I would have liked to know about our community or voices that would have been interesting to hear. And that was what motivated me originally to start putting myself out there online. Secondarily, I also just really love 
bright colors and rainbow flags and trying to <laughs> and glitter and all of that like you know stuff that if you're more cynical makes your head explode um and i think that part of that was me also speaking to that 11 year old self who self, who was terrified of the rainbow flag and who did everything he could to try to cover yeah. him up now i'm like we're making up for lost time yeah <laughs> gay stuff is just more fun objectively more fun i love it yeah i love it that's what i was said uh, tweeting the other day about how like First of all, all cake is gay. Whether you like it or not, all cake is gay. <laughs> yes. It's loud. It fits in at parties. Gold flavors. It tastes great. Cake yeah. is a stunt queen because she's decorated. <laughs> she wants all the attention. She wants to be lit up with candles. She wants you to blow on her. Like, it's yeah. everything. Right. So you can make all the straight cakes you want, air quotes implied, mm-hmm. um, but they're gay. They're I gay. think all cakes, too, should look like the one that I had for my birthday this year, which I'll show you the photo on my Instagram, but it was this beautiful rainbow-layered cake. Yeah. Each layer a different flavor and different color covered with sprinkles. Let's talk about internet trolls. Ooh, yes, um, let's. So you are one of the hosts of the new MTV show Catfish Trolls. Yes, it's going to be a three-part series that's coming out sometime this summer. Awesome. So what is the concept? The concept is that it follows the catfish mode of investigation, but instead of looking at romance and dating, we're looking at online trolls. And so we're using the same catfish model to help people who are being trolled, basically uncover the identity of who's trolling them, figure out why, and hopefully help them stop. Were you successful? Have you- <laughs> You'll have to watch, but let me say that... If you are a troll, you've got a lot of stuff going on in your life, and you make for good television. So I think that I was able to get through to some people and some other people. It's an ongoing conversation and journey. Yeah. Do you have any particularly scarring troll interactions in your own experience? I think that there's different kinds. Um, there's. Yeah. I'm sure that you've seen this, too, being a gay presence online, <laughs> is that there are just the really creative trolls who everything you tweet, they'll just reply and say gay. Right, right. Or, you know, fag, or, you know, (laughs) however you want to call it. And so sometimes when I get those, I just respond and say, yes, I am, and very proudly so. And that kind of quiets them down right away. Whenever you talk about anything political or anything issue-based, that really riles people up. Yeah. But this was actually a, a story that really moved me. But I had someone who went through every single one of my Instagram photos and wrote, like, a nasty epithet for gay people. And I said, wow, you really are putting in the work as a troll to, like, get my attention here. Yeah. But the profile photo looked like a young kid, and and but his profile was um, private. So normally I tell people, do not engage with trolls. It's not worth it. Don't feed it. Don't give oxygen to that kind of negative. But in this case, I just felt compelled. So I sent him a DM and I said, hey, I noticed that you've literally written on every single one of my photos something really negative about gay people. And I know from my own experience that sometimes we hate and react the most toxically to things that we don't like about ourselves. And when I was in the closet, I was really terrified and kind of lashed out on gay people, too. So I just want to let you know that if you want to talk or if you need any support, I would love to connect you to some resources. And he wrote me back the next day, and it was a closeted kid who's from a really conservative rural environment, um, and his he had tried to come out to his family, and they treated him so poorly that he went back in and then was, like, trying to prove to them that he wasn't gay anymore by trolling all these gay people. And so I ended up getting him connected to Trevor Project. And so that was, like, an example, I think, of a trolling story that yeah. went the best possible route that it could. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, well, you're a much nicer person than, <laughs> than I am. Although, yeah, I think it's it's hard when it's you can tell it's a younger person, and it's like if I had the internet when I was a kid, I it would have been terrible 
What do you think? I'm curious. What would your judge have been if you had the internet when you were 11? Like I was thinking about that myself. Who would who would I be following? Who would I be tweeting? Like what would I be saying? I think it would be Hillary Duff 24 seven. <laughs> I was a huge Hillary Duff fan. Yeah, like Destiny's Child, probably yes. a lot of that. Um, what else was I into? I don't know, like Pokemon and yes. um, all of the nerdy stuff. Yeah, Legolas probably would have been What's Legolas. Um, excuse me? Um, ex- is it like Legos? <laughs> no. Lord of the Rings. Oh, I've never seen it. Orlando Bloom, long, flowing blonde hair. The Gorgeous. fact that you don't even know who I'm Legolas so is, is worse than the condiments thing. <laughs> I need to see Lord of the Rings. This is like a foundational figure in my development as a homosexual. It's- I... Orlando Bloom as Legolas. I love it. Mine was The Rock as Scorpion King. <laughs> okay. Slightly different figures. <laughs> <laughs> I My favorite question actually is like who were like your influences as like thirst objects as, as a young gay boy? Ooh, this is fun. Literally The Rock as the Scorpion King. <laughs> I – so I one day um, – Thank you, Dad. My dad dropped me off at Barnes & Noble because I was like, I want to get some books. And I had a little bit of money from my job, some cash. And so I had like planned it like I was literally robbing a bank. I had calculated in my mind how much time I would have uh-huh. and what I was going to do. And I literally um, bought a, a book as a front, but then I ran and bought the DVD set of The L Word uh-huh. and Queer as Folk. And um, that was so pivotal in my kind of coming out journey. But the guys in Queer as Folk were also pivotal in you yeah, know, yeah. in that thirst exploration for me as well. I mean, I think LL Cool J as well. Right. And uh, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Round out the list. Right, right. Yeah, I I have like my list is long and okay, it's, yeah. What are some highlights? I don't even know if I could like rattle all of that. I have it written down somewhere. <laughs> I could find it. <laughs> Let me just look it up. <laughs> okay, please. Um, it's like people that made me gay. Uh, okay, I found it. Number one is Chris O'Donnell with the pointy suit nipples in Batman and Robin. I don't know if you were hot. Robin, yeah, that is like I feel like that turned a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is born gay. I don't want to. I don't want to perpetuate no, the idea. Yes, let's, yes. Um, Nick Lachey on that <gasps> one issue of Us Weekly from 2003, where he's walking a dog in only his gym shorts. <laughs> Ooh, did he have a little print going on? Um, no. Okay. It was just gray gym shorts, which Love. yeah, that is that is pivotal. Nick Lachey is a good one. Chad Add Michael Murray. Um, <gasps> before I even knew who Chad Michael Murray was, the Hot Gardener from Desperate Housewives. Oh, Jesse Hansen was a big one. They were um, one of my first CDs. Yeah. Because there was that kind of, like, they wouldn't have said this at the time, but, like, gender kind of fluidity mm-hmm. with their long, flowing blonde hair. And it was just enough. It was, they were, like, they were a good transition from, like, me, tiny gay Matt, being like, I don't know about girls, but. <laughs> I love it. I love it. it <laughs> made guys you little, that kind of look like girls. It made you feel a little bit safer. You're like, I yeah. I'm straight, but, like, there's some, you know, it's the hair or something's happening. Here. Right. We are in the midst of Pride Month. I mean, I celebrate Pride every month. Same. Um, right. I'm we like, need to live Pride all year long. <laughs> but this is like Gay Superpower Month, LGBT Superpower Month. It's the most wonderful time of the year, the time yeah. where we charge up our superpowers <laughs> so that we right. can unleash them all year long. Um, that doesn't mean we can't complain about some stuff. I'm scared to complain about Pride. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm going to take a sip of my water. I'm nervous. All right. Let's, let's gear up yes. for it. I wore a lot of deodorant today because I'm like sweating. Uh, what are some of the things that people do that piss you off during Pride Month that make you want to rip your wig off? Mm. 
There are bad pride behaviors. There are bad pride behaviors. And I think I love the massive amounts of people that turn out to show their support for the community during Pride. Yeah. But one issue that I have is if you just show up for Pride, but then you're not with us all year long. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't participate in the celebration and enjoy some of the most fun, fabulous elements of our culture without then standing with us and speaking out about the injustices for our community all year long. So if you're going to participate in Pride and enjoy it, then make sure that your values are aligned to supporting LGBTQ people all year long. Yes. Mine is that um, parades are too hot sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I have a pride story. Two years ago, I was in New York Pride. Uh And I don't know if you remember, but you played an integral role in that pride. I do, yeah. You were the host slash MC of that pride. Well, one of the stages. One of the stages. There are multiple stages along the route. And I was like one of the announcers announcing the floats. And you you were were on one of the floats. You were on the logo float. I was on the logo float. And that was so much fun because that was right when All Stars 2 had come out. So I was on the float with like Tatiana and Andrews. And it was such a fun crew. But I remember we came by. We were earlier in the parade. So we come by, you announce that it's so fun, we have, you know, a kiki moment, and then the parade's over. I, like, went to a party, went and got food, walked by, you're still announcing. (laughs) Went to another party, you know, hung out with some people, the sun sets, I came by and you were still announcing. And I was so impressed because the New York Pride is legendary for being long. It's, like, 11 hours. And you were up there announcing for 11 hours and I just wanted to say thank you for doing that and that was some serious stamina and I can see why you don't like the heat I'll tell you that I wasn't even thinking of that when I mentioned it I, my very first pride that I went to was in Chicago that's where I'm from and I went to a pride I think it was even like before I was like actually out okay. and I went with a group of work friends I was like sure I'll come and, and be supportive I guess that was me and my first pride too <laughs> yeah. so like, I mean was I like, guess this is fine in the <laughs> middle of summer in Chicago and it was like 100 degrees and super humid and my coworker, her husband, had to like go get us water. Like it was literally like I was on the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like a very dramatic moment. Yes. So it felt true to the spirit of pride in that I brought the melodrama. Drama. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but I like almost died. But yeah, I, I agreed to be a, an announcer for the New York Pride. It wasn't. It was two years ago, right? It was. Yeah, and. Um, Initially, they were like, there's going to be like 10 people and you kind of will have like a two hour, like, you know, stretch of time slot Mm -hmm. and then you can go and do whatever and have fun. And then the day of like everybody else backed out. There was like only a few of us who were who were actually like there and showed up. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, I guess we're just doing it all day. They were like, you can go like, you don't have to do this. And I was like, no, it is my duty to stand here and announce every last float. Well, I want to give you those through. props. Yeah. Because that pride you. parade really does go on a long time. And I feel like after the first maybe five hours, sometimes people <laughs> lose steam. But I literally checked in on you like two times and you were going strong. And I said, that's a real one. And I honestly can't believe I survived. I also forgot my sunglasses and I'm pretty sure I did like permanent damage to my eyes. You did. Uh, yeah. Like not even, <laughs> well, it's it not even a it. joke. It was worth it. <laughs> um, it was worth it. I, I saw Every every single LGBT person in New York City that day. That's um, fabulous. Yeah. Um, other bad stuff that people do. I would say when people don't acknowledge the history and origins and roots of Pride. Yeah. I think that there is so much fun and celebration, and that's amazing to have that release and to just enjoy being there with your friends and celebrating community. But 
Pride started as a protest. Its origins were in advocacy and activism. And so I think that it's important when, as people kind of participate in Pride events to just check in on um, kind of paying homage and appreciation to our LGBTQ elders and trying to carry that spirit and torch forward. Right. There was a terrible article not long ago that was, it was someone, I don't even care about who wrote it, but they, were, they said, like, we don't have to learn LGBT history. <gasps> LGBT history. Did oh, you see this? I... I do know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, it was like we're good now, mm-hmm. so we don't have to like like remind ourselves of the trauma. I heard that argument, which is essentially saying, in a way, it's a luxury and a blessing that we have a generation of kids coming up now who don't have a lot of shame mm-hmm. or negative associations with being queer, and they can just live, and that's good for our community. Because if you have an entire generation coming up with kind of no shame and internalized stigma, then right. think of how much more powerful you can be. I understand maybe giving them the benefit of the doubt, the spirit of that, but I think you always have to pay respect to the people who make it possible for us to both be sitting here right now and celebrating Pride. Yeah. And so I will never not forget and I will never um, encourage anyone to not know their history. Yeah. Also, I mean, what what gets me about that is, like, this idea that we've somehow, like— we're done. <laughs> like course, we, yes. Yeah. Like, no, there's still a shitload of work to do for every other letter in the LGBTQ. You yes. know, it's not. And all of our intersections. Right. With underrepresented and marginalized people. I think that it's one thing that we do well as a community, I think, is forget what it's like to be in the closet once we come out. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that people, a lot of times they move to a bigger city or they enter a safe community that's affirming. And you kind of get comfortable in your life as an out person and you forget what it really felt like and that terror uh, yeah. for coming out. And also, like, yeah, it's easy to write a think piece when you live in New York or L.A., but I can tell you being from Ohio and going back to my community there every summer, you know, and talking to kids from across the country, like, it's still really hard for a lot of people, and we can't forget that. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's it's truly crazy. Like, as someone who I travel a lot mm-hmm. and perform in a lot of different places, and it's, like, you know, there's some places in the middle of the country who are not, like, exposed to, you know, out, like, proud people all of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's strange. I mean, I I feel sometimes like I, I tell a lot of like just super gay, but like also self-deprecating, like sometimes disgusting jokes. And like, it's always fascinating to see like audiences in the middle of the country and how they react. It, it's It's been universally positive. That's I great. haven't been, yeah, I haven't been totally heckled not for being gay at least I love that you're doing that because it's starting a conversation mm-hmm. and if people are reacting negatively to it that then it's going to open up a conversation with the people in their community so I feel like just having a visible presence anywhere is good because it forces people to talk and acknowledge and confront it yeah I, the other pride thing is that I, I see a lot of criticism for is like corporations that come out and it's like oh, oh we have a rainbow logo now you're welcome <laughs> Thanks, Chase Bank. Um, Here's my thought on the corporations piece. I think that if you're going to advertise at Pride or have a large presence there, then thank you for making it possible because it is the corporations that provide the funding that make the logistics of these events possible. But... Please stand with the community all year long. Support your employees who are part of the community. Yeah. Speak out. Like, it's powerful when corporations say, we're going to pull our business from the state if you continue discriminating. And that's actually one of the few things that can get through to Republican lawmakers is like, oh, wait, we're going to have Disney pull out of Georgia. Or we're going to have all these companies pull out of North Carolina for HB2. 
But yes, if you are just going to slap a rainbow on your logo and call it a day, <laughs> not enough, 2018. One of my favorite things ever, there's this recent tweet from this guy who uh, took a picture of his French fries at McDonald's, and he was like, why do the gays have to like shove their rainbow? I just want my fries. <laughs> and I was like, eat your goddamn gay fries, you piece of shit. <laughs> I'm so sick of it. Was it like I, a rainbow wrapper for the fries? Yeah, it was literally oh. just like a rainbow on the back of the the French fry container. And he was like, "This is I, I just want to eat my fries. I don't want this shoved in my face." Wait, <laughs> did you see that one tweet that went completely viral? That was um, the man who said the ultimate form of cultural appropriation were gay people with the rainbow flag. We want like give it back. I want yeah. it back. That was the guy. He runs the like um, organization that does the Noah's Ark. Yes, and they like. Lit the so there's like a Noah's Ark museum in Kentucky, I think, not too far from where I grew up, actually. And it's this ark is well, tell the story, please. I mean, it's like they 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 built this ark according to like the biblical specifications, it's and huge. it's like a museum. It's giant, and it's like um, a museum to Noah and Noah's Ark. And they one year. This was like a couple of years ago. They lit it up in rainbow colors, and the guy who runs it was like, "We're trying to reclaim the rainbow." <laughs> the photo shoots that happened there were legendary. There were people that <laughs> yeah. literally drove from across the Midwest, and if I had been there, I would have driven and took fabulous photos in front of the rainbow arc, um, <laughs> hugging their partner, kissing, yeah. holding their rainbow flags up, and I mean, like, yeah. Gays didn't invent the rainbow. We just mm-hmm. made it better. Mm-hmm. So don't mm-hmm. don't act like we took anything from God. Speaking of ranting, though, I hate when people make it seem like it's this binary choice between being religious and being LGBTQ. Yeah, because yeah. I know so many people who are vibrant parts of their church community, and they're also LGBTQ. And so it makes me sad when that gets pitted like as a one versus other. And I think that you have a couple people who basically sour like the whole community for everyone by being so vocal against it. But I I've met and encountered so many people who are religious who are also supportive of us. And when you look at pride parades, there's always huge contingents from churches and religious groups, and that always makes you really happy. Yeah. Same. (laughs) As someone who went to, like, 20 years of Catholic school, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did my time. Um, Drag Race, you were on a recent episode. Yes. uh, Episode 10. Episode 10 of season 10, right? 10's across the board. Yeah. Tell me about everything. I'm very jealous. As, as a social media gay person, RuPaul. Season 11. <laughs> they need to make it a staple and bring that on. I know. I have to say, it was probably the best day of my life. Yeah. I, if you watch the episode, you can see... I ran into that workroom when RuPaul said Raymond Brown. I said, the camera couldn't even keep up with me. I was moving so fast. I'm like, let's get going. Here we go. I cannot overstate how big a fan of the show I am. It came out around the same time that I came out. I have seen every episode multiple times, untucked, all the interstitial YouTube content. I just am such a super fan. And yeah. so to actually be able to step into my favorite show and see how it is made and all the kind of secret sauce, but also like walk the runway when I'm not a drag queen. And so, yeah, best day of my life. Do you know who wins? You do know who wins. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure if you say anything, like RuPaul will come in and <laughs> strangle I would you. never want to cross Mama Ru. No. All I know is who I think should win. Okay. And <laughs> that is my drag mother, Miss Asia O'Hara, the okay, iconic, okay. pageant, versatile chameleon queen of season 10. 
Um, we have a game called Bowl of Shit Talk. Okay. Where we're going to pick some topics, and I believe most of these Ooh. are things you have either sent to us or we found that you've complained about. And you're, you talk a lot about a lot of, like, serious stuff, so this is going to be dumb stuff. Oh, my gosh. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Allergies. Was that a read? Oh, I hate allergies, and I'm having an allergy attack right now. You can probably hear me sniffling. I hate it because you don't know when it's going to strike. I feel like no one actually has a solution for it. Like, there's Claritin and other things like that. But yeah. I take it, and I still have my allergies. <laughs> yeah. And so I just don't get it. I never know when they're going to flare up. You don't know if you have a cold or if you have allergies. I hate them. I take an allergy pill every day, and I won't say the name of it unless they give me money. Oh, okay. Um, Zyrtec. <laughs> and <laughs> I buy it in bulk. This podcast from sponsored Sam. by Zyrtec. <laughs> I, but I'm pretty sure it's just a sugar pill, and it does absolutely nothing. You take it every single day? Yeah. Wow. I think that's why it doesn't do anything, because I've just grown <laughs> your body's like, it. girl, we get it. <laughs> also, I don't know. My apartment is dusty, and I don't, yeah. And you don't know. Oh, ooh, yes. Get me going on allergies. That was a good one. You did your research. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Unnecessarily gendered products. Oh, okay. You know what? I thought it was going to be hard to rant, but you are good at hitting all my trigger points. I get so annoyed when I am in a drugstore and they have gendered products where basically I don't understand why anything needs to have a gender in the store. Like wear whatever clothes you want, buy whatever toys you want for your kid. But... I always make a point to buy the women's earplugs, which are the exact same size as every other earplug, but they just happen to be bright pink. And I always look at the cashier as I throw the women's earplugs down like, what, am I not allowed to buy these? It's just so unnecessary. And I also hate how to like protect fragile masculinity. They'll take products that could be perceived as like, ooh, this is a little too metrosexual or like, oh my gosh, yeah. maybe someone thinks I'm gay if I use that. And so they do like a man pedicure or like male body wash, which is like slate gray. Right, and right. And smells I don't know, masculine, which I don't even know what that's supposed to smell like. <laughs> that just, I'm like, get over it. I, I got so mad at my mother because I bought her, she wanted like one of those charcoal face masks. Mm-hmm. And I bought her from Kiehl's, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And it was like this nice like Kiehl's charcoal face mask. But the only ones that they had was for men. And I bought it and she was like, this is for men. <laughs> And I, she didn't use it. No. I was like, it's 2018, Debbie. Yes, you <laughs> Put the it. fucking charcoal on your <laughs> face. Uh, and I, I had to take this. it and use it. She will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she will, and then she'll call me and complain. I got her a different charcoal mask, okay. and I had and to take it. did you use it? it. Um, yeah. Although I'm not a fan of charcoal masks. I think charcoal smells gross, and... You know here in L.A. we drink charcoal, too. I know. It's, oh, it's trendy. I had a charcoal ice cream in New York. Oh, that's next level, hipster. Yeah. It's not... Yeah. Did you it's take literally a photo of it? That's I feel, what it's for. It's for the photo. It's did you for take the gram. Uh, I don't even think I did. Maybe ironically so. I, I could I, see you kind of like <laughs> making fun of it, but still taking a photo of I it. Didn't want it. I didn't want to give it the satisfaction okay. of my photograph. Um, summer camps is our next one. Okay. And the note is, he got a parasite. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Thank you for, like, putting the headline or the punchline before the story. I don't know. Did you volunteer that information? No, I got a parasite at summer camp. Thank you for having me relive this. So I went to an all-boys camp in Minnesota when I was nine. And if that was not already hard enough for my closeted self being at an all-boys camp, this camp, I'm not going to say the name because maybe they'll, like, come for me, but they actually got shut down the summer after I was there because of what (laughs) happened. I hope so. But essentially, all of our activities were oriented around this lake. And we used to do, like, water skiing, and they had, like, different kind of 
gym things actually in the lake like a trampoline. And I got a parasite from that lake. And this is a parasite called Shigella. And you can only get it from ingesting fecal material. And so basically there were ducks that had it in the water. The ducks would poop in the lake. It would dissolve in the lake. And then you have like boys playing in the lake and they drink a little bit of water by accident or like it gets exposed. And then you get this parasite, which is highly contagious. And so um, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I got a parasite at, uh, at summer camp when I was nine. Well, I think I got you to complain a fair amount, and I got you to feel abnormal, which is basically the two biggest things that I want to accomplish with any guest. That's great. Before I let you go, where can people find you and your work? People can find me on social media, and it's all just my name, at Raymond Braun, B-R-A-U-N. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and complaining. Thank you for having me. It was actually surprisingly easier than I thought, and I do feel good. Great. Yeah. Perfect. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps the bad shit go down. It's what makes all the bad stuff worth it. Barry, what's your chaser this week? Matt, I've got two chasers this week, which you can combine if you want, but I don't necessarily recommend that. So first up, just going to plug a little something something for myself, which is that... I was an editor for the very first time on a podcast. It's called The Gateway, and I'm very proud of it. It's Mm. with Gizmodo, and uh, every time a new episode comes out, it's just very exciting. And it makes me happy to know that, like, truly all of the work has been worth it. It's out in the world. So The Gateway, you know, available wherever you're listening to this podcast. And my second thing is, I don't know about you, Matt, but I sure have adult acne and it (laughs) fucking sucks. And I hate it so stupid. I didn't have bad acne as a teenager, but now I do. I got it all over my chin. So uh, there's this mask that I love. It's from Sweetwater Labs, uh, which is just like this one lady who makes all the stuff. I found her at a craft fair and I love everything she makes. But specifically, there's this detox clay mask. It's like volcanic ash and tea tree and these different things. And it's super creamy when you put it on and I like leave it on for an hour and it dries. And I like, I'll watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I finally finished. or I'll watch whatever I want to watch, do my chores, whatever. And it's really been helping both my acne and just like my mental state. <laughs> Um, I really love it a lot. So those are my two recommendations slash chasers for this week. How about you, Matt? My chaser is a little problematic. But, oh, great. <laughs> but I had never actually watched an episode of Catfish before. Mm-hmm. I know the concept. Uh, I do know. Because you do it uh, frequently. <laughs> right. I started watching and I was like, oh, my God, this is what I do all the time. <laughs> no, I don't know. Have you watched Catfish? I have not. There's an, the, the episode with the, you should never have called oh, me a fat ass Kelly Price. Price. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I that's watched our, this. That's our producer, Josh, by the way. <laughs> I watched this uh, last night at like one in the morning. I, I was um, not sober. And when I tell you, I gasped. I gay gasped louder than I ever have before. Happy pride because I did my people proud. It was probably the most shocking like 40 minutes of television I've ever watched and like truly had a fantastic twist that I would I did not see coming I really I really hope to be catfished one day um my other chaser for a more uplifting note is the Celine Dion song on the Deadpool soundtrack is amazing
ashes, it's called. Is it a reminder to use lotion? No, it's not. It's about rising like a phoenix. Oh. Just like Celine Dion has done. Anyway, go listen to Celine Dion, watch that episode of Catfish, and then do whatever fucking Barry suggested. Right. And that's it! <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever else you get this show. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Josh Gwynn, Jenna Weiss-Berman, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Max Linsky, Claire Ty, Eleanor Kagan, and Mark and Julian at the Invisible Studios. Music by Hansdale Sue. You can find me on all the social medias at Matt Belisai. That's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Glad, HRC, invite me to your goddamn galas. Because I have a dick and it's gay and I live in New York City and they never invite me to their shit. Why? Oh, because I don't have abs? Fuck you, Glad. Oh, God. Okay, so this is taking a turn.